0: Well, we're going to come now to God's Word, as we've heard it read. Uh, So let's pray as we seek to understand these words. Heavenly Father, we come to you now, and we ask that you will speak. Uh, These are difficult words, and so we ask particularly for your wisdom uh, to help us uh, understand what you are saying to us today. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us, meet with us wherever we are, uh, and make this truth known to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, life isn't always easy. And sometimes we need to talk about that. Uh, Difficult things, hard things, and we can't just ignore them or sweep them under the carpet. Uh, And today is one of those moments, because as we've heard... Jesus says to his disciples, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. The world will hate you. Jesus is getting his disciples ready for his departure. It's time for him to leave this world and return to his Father in heaven. Uh, He teaches his disciples to prepare them for life when he leaves Going back to chapter 13, he tells them to serve one another by washing each other's feet. In chapter 14, he tells these disciples to remember that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And last week, if you were with us, we saw him tell his disciples to remain in him, to abide in him, to stick with him, and to do that together so that they would bear fruit in this world. Now, all of these things help Jesus' disciples live in this world. Because Jesus tells us here there's a good chance the world isn't going to like them. Now, this is nothing new. We see this all through history. But even in modern history, uh, back in the 60s and 70s during the hippie movement, uh, people would call Christians Jesus freaks. Because all they did was talk about Jesus. Freaks. What a very nice thing to say to someone. How would you feel if someone called you a freak? It's meant to be an insult, but some Christians loved it, and instead they started calling themselves Jesus freaks. They wanted people to know that they were serious about Jesus, that they were Jesus freaks. And there's a song, there's a song called Jesus Freaks, uh, and here's how the chorus starts. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find out that it's true? What will you do? What would you do if people called you a Jesus freak? What does Jesus want you to do? How does he want us to respond? Jesus tells us that the world is going to hate his disciples. And yes, hate is a strong word. But Jesus wants us to remember the world hated him first. It's not... Personal. It's not because they don't like you. They just don't like Jesus. But why do they hate Jesus? Oh, they hate Jesus because Jesus shows people that they're sinners. John said at the beginning of the gospel, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It doesn't understand it. Jesus shines into the darkness of people's hearts. He shows them their sin and they don't like it. They hate it. And that's why the Jews of his day wanted to kill him. And that's why they will hate Jesus' disciples. I've got a friend. I'm going to call him Jim. Uh, But there was a time when Jim wasn't my friend. Because I didn't want to be Jim's friends because he was friends with people I didn't like. Uh, I didn't really know Jim. I didn't give him a chance. But I didn't want to talk to him because he was friends with people I didn't like. It's a bit silly, isn't it? But that's what Jesus is saying here. They hated me without reason. People hate Jesus without a clear reason. and People are going to hate Jesus' disciples because we're friends with Him. They don't really know Jesus. They don't really know God. They might not even really know you. But they don't like Jesus talking about sin, and they don't like the darkness in their heart, so they hate Him. So what do we do when people hate us because we're Jesus' disciples, because we're Jesus' freaks? Well, Jesus tells us two things. First, to remember that the world hated Him first. It's not because they hate you, they hate Jesus. But the second thing is that He chooses us. He chooses us out of the world. Now, how does this help us? How does knowing Jesus chooses us, help us. Well, this one is for the kids. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, uh, it makes me think of uh, the Pokemon TV series. Yes, Pokemon, I'm going there. Maybe this is for the big kids as well. Um, the main character, Ash, loves his Pokemon and develops a special bond with each one of them uh, and calls them out and he and it will say, I choose you. And on more than one occasion, this special relationship ends up with Ash jumping into a dangerous situation to protect his Pokemon. He chooses them. And Jesus chooses people out of the world. Not divine collectible items, but because of his grace. He chooses them out of his love and his grace for people. He loves people, he loves this world, and he will give his life for them. And Jesus isn't some ordinary person, no, he is God. Jesus is God. He's the Son of God. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And He chooses you. And maybe people will think that you're a Jesus freak. But you don't need to be afraid or worried about what people think of you, what people will do to you, what people will say to you. Jesus is King and He chooses you as His own. And He promises He will help us in this world by sending us a helper, an advocate, a counselor. And he tells us this so that we would be prepared. So what does Jesus tell us about this helper? Well, this helper will come from the Father. Just as Jesus comes from the Father, the Spirit will come from the Father. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, he will testify about Jesus he will point to Jesus, and even though the world will hate Jesus' disciples, what does he say? Just as the Spirit testifies about him, so we also must testify about Jesus. But what's going to happen that we need this helper? Well, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. What is Jesus talking about here? What's the deal with synagogues? Aren't they just like churches for Jewish people? Well, not quite. You see, a synagogue was really important to everyday life. It was a bank, a courthouse, a hotel, a library, a meeting place, a restaurant, a place where Jews would worship God. It was where they went every day to do things In everyday life. Do you see where this is going though? When Jesus says the world will put his disciples out of the synagogue when they kick them out, he's saying they won't be welcome in public. Imagine not being able to go to the library. Or go to a restaurant to meet with your friends. Or go to church to worship God. Go to bank to get your money. That you need every day. Jesus says there will even be people who call themselves Christians, but they don't really know God, and they won't welcome his disciples into church. And this is what we see happening at the beginning of Acts. You read at the end of chapter 7 of Acts, we read the story of the first martyr, the first person to die for Jesus, Stephen. And after this, Jesus' disciples are kicked out of the synagogue and being put in prison by their own people, the Jews. And we read this, And Paul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. This is the great apostle Paul, before he met Jesus, trying to destroy the church. And he thought that he was serving God by imprisoning these Jesus freaks, these people who followed Jesus. And we see that today. We prayed for the persecuted church. And there are people who think they are serving their God by throwing Christians in prison. But even here in Australia where we are free, there are signs that Christians aren't welcome. Now think about this for a moment. How many of you need to think about telling someone that you're a Christian? That you follow Jesus? How many of you need to think about what you say before you do that? Do you notice that people act differently when they know that you're a Christian? That they don't talk about certain things when you're around? That they don't say certain things when you're around? That they might not invite you to certain places? Even in the church, there are people who get uncomfortable when you start talking too much about Jesus. And there are some churches where they'll kick you out because you talk too much about Jesus. And Jesus says, they don't really know me. They don't really know God at all. Now, I know this doesn't sound very nice, and I hope none of you are on the receiving end of this, but Jesus tells us this to be prepared. He doesn't promise a perfect life. That's heaven. But we live in a broken world, and Jesus warns us of these things so that we're not surprised when they happen, when things go bad. He doesn't want us to be surprised by it. And just as he reminds his disciples then, he reminds his disciples today, we need each other, especially if the world turns on his disciples. Christians need one another to support one another, to encourage one another through these times. We need to wash one another's feet and serve one another. We need to remind each other that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We need to remain in Jesus, stick with Him. We need to do this together as we love one another as Jesus loves us. So that no one is ashamed of being a Jesus freak. No one turns away from Jesus. So we need the helper. We need the Holy Spirit to help us but what will he do how will he help us well jesus tells us that he will testify about him that is he is the great that tells us how amazing jesus is he will glorify jesus and he will make jesus look so great that people will praise and worship him if you think about it that way he's the ultimate jesus freak he will convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment he will guide the christian disciple into all truth. And that's his job description. Right? The Holy Spirit helps us by pointing us back to Jesus, reminding us how amazing he is and what he's done for us. And when he does that, we respond in praise and worship. He reminds us of the truth, the good news of the gospel, the unconditional love of God, his mercy and his grace for us in our sin. Not very easy to read, is it? But he will also prove or convict us and the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And Jesus says that this is why the world will hate his disciples. Because the Holy Spirit will point out the sin and darkness in people's hearts. Why does the Holy Spirit do this? Well, it's not to condemn people. It's because the Holy Spirit wants what Jesus wants. And what is that? For all people to believe in him. And be saved through Him. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. The, holy, the job of the Holy Spirit isn't meant to make you guilty, ashamed, or afraid of the sin and darkness in your heart. It will convict you of that, but it's not meant to make you guilty of it. The job of the Holy Spirit is to point you to Jesus and what He's done for you on the cross. The Holy Spirit says, come. Come. Come to Jesus and find salvation in Him. Find forgiveness for your sin. Find power to drive out the darkness that's in your heart. And that's why the Spirit convicts us of sin. Not to drive us away. Not to make us guilty or afraid or ashamed. But to drive us into the arms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Spirit doesn't want to drive us away. It wants to drive us to Jesus. He will convict the world about righteousness. He wants to point people to what is good, right, and true. And that's what Jesus did with His disciples during His life on earth. He wanted to get them right. He wanted to get people right with God. But it's time now for Him to return to the Father. And to take His place, He sends the Spirit to continue teaching His disciples what is good, right, and true. He's God's fact checker. He's going to correct and prove the lies of the world and guide us to what is right. He points us to the truth. In a world where it's hard to know what to believe, the Holy Spirit's job is to guide people into all truth. He will convict the world about judgment. What do we mean by this? What is Jesus telling us? It's not that he's trying to make people guilty or afraid or ashamed. We've already said that. So what is it? Well, the Holy Spirit wants people to understand that Satan, the prince of this world, has lost. He's lost the battle against God. And all his lies are going to be shown to be false. He has stood trial before the court of heaven and he will be punished for his crime, his rebellion against God and leading the world away from God. So the Holy Spirit's job is to correct those lies. And one of the greatest lies that this world believes is that you only need to be a good person and you'll get your way into heaven. If you're a good enough person, you'll get into heaven. But the Holy Spirit comes to correct that truth, that, correct that lie. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal the truth that Jesus is the only way and the only way to heaven. But again, it's not that you have to earn your way through Jesus. No, Jesus has made the way for you. And so the Holy Spirit continues to remind us of that truth. But then there's the other lie. That you're not good enough to get into heaven. Or your sin is too great for God to forgive. But again, the Holy Spirit comes to show you that this is a lie. No no sin is too great for the blood of Jesus to wash away. The Holy Spirit comes and reminds us of this truth. But what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, He guides us. He guides you into all truth. But only if you let Him. The Spirit doesn't force Himself into people's lives. He doesn't force them to change. That's not His job. His job is to convict people of the truth, to prove and test the truth, to disprove what is false and wrong, to detect and expose the lies of Satan and the world. And there will be times when He will correct them, discipline them, rebuke disciples who stray from the path. But only if they let Him. He's not going to make people change. He can change people, but He doesn't make them change. He only works when people allow Him to work. And if you choose to ignore the Spirit's voice, it only gets harder and harder to hear His voice. And when you ignore the Spirit's voice, of course you'll freak out when people start thinking that you're a Jesus freak. How do you know the Spirit's voice? Well, to know the Spirit's voice, you first need to know Jesus. See, Jesus says here that the Spirit will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears from Jesus. So the only way to recognize the Spirit's voice is by knowing Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you won't be able to recognize the Spirit's voice. Because that's what the Spirit does. That's His job, to point you back to Jesus. The Spirit doesn't take any credit on Himself. He takes all of that and points it back to Jesus. So as we live in this world, if we're serious about following Jesus, the world is probably going to think that you're a Jesus freak. And they might even hate you for it just like they hate Jesus. But Jesus tells us this so that we're ready, that we're prepared, whatever happens in life. But He doesn't leave us on His own to deal with these challenges. No, He sends us the Holy Spirit in His place. And do you you remember what He says? He says that it's for our good that He goes, so that the Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit is a perfect replacement for Jesus on this earth. He's not less than Jesus. But when the Spirit comes, and He has already come, He will lead the disciples of Jesus in each and every generation into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate Jesus freak. Because everything He does points people back to Jesus, reminds people what Jesus did, and He will keep doing what Jesus did until He comes again, until Jesus comes again. So, what will you do if people call you a Jesus freak? Well, turn to Jesus. Turn to the Holy Spirit that He's sent for us. And the Holy Spirit will do His job. Help us. Allow Him to speak the truth into your life. And that might mean that He will convict your heart of sin, righteousness, and judgment, but He's going to bring the truth into that, not the lies that we, we tend to believe, but he will bring truth. And the result of that truth is not condemnation, but peace. Jesus said that he will give us his peace. Peace I leave with you. By peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's the result of the Spirit working in us. The conviction of sin and righteousness and judgment leaves us with peace. Not fear, not shame, not guilt. Peace. The rest of the song, Jesus Freak, goes like this. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? I don't really care if they label me a Jesus freak. There ain't no disguising the truth? Will you join a generation of Christians throughout history who don't care if the world labels them a Jesus freak? Will you trust Jesus' promise to help you through his Holy Spirit to be his disciple, to be a Jesus freak? Will you encourage and support one another so that we have no to remember that we have no reason to be ashamed of jesus because i don't really care if they label me a jesus freak because that's the truth let's pray heavenly father we come and we come seeking the truth help us by your spirit to hear the truth, to believe the truth and to hold on to it and help us to understand when the Spirit is working in us to bring the truth to light, shining in the darkness of our sin but understanding that there is no condemnation but instead there is peace, love, grace and mercy found in our Lord Jesus. Help us as we continue to live for you, to follow you, to be your disciples. And if the world would call us freaks, because we do follow you, help us to be bold, help us to be courageous, help us to love more and more. That we don't even care if they call us Jesus freaks, because that's the truth. We love you. We want to follow you. Help us to do that. And we thank you that you do by giving us your Holy Spirit. Help us to trust him. Help us to hear his voice. We ask that you continue to do this so that we might continue to testify that how good you are, and how awesome you are in a world that needs you. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.